How do you run an effective business? Could it use a little help? That's where this program comes in. Welcome to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Your host is Phaedra's daughter, Precious Hanks Carter. Some organizations are running their business without the correct guidelines in place. They don't know, nor have they taken the time to get to know the correct way of running a business. Let Phaedra's wisdom help you right now. Thank you for tuning in. Let's talk with business according to Phaedra Hanks. I'm your host, Precious Carter. And today I want to talk about business essentials. There are six functional areas of business management that a business owner or a new entrepreneur needs to consider. And that involves strategy or business development, marketing, finance, human resources, technology and equipment, and operations or administration. And there's also another one that we're going to talk about that is also essential, and that's information technology. I want to start out by saying that when you are thinking about setting up your departments, it's imperative that you realize which ones are needed right away for whatever phase of business that you're in. And which ones that you'll need later on down the line and whether you want to go ahead and set them up or not, or not take the time to invest in them, or if you just want to cross that bridge when you get there. The first thing that I do want to discuss, though, before we move into setting up our departments is our business location. What do you need to move forward with a tangible business? When we're talking about business location, I want you to take into consideration whether you're going to work from home, out of a home office, a garage, a basement, or whether you're going to look for a building to lease office space, or if you're going to find a company that rents out office space based on your need. And either way, Or either location is fine because when you're starting a business, when you're branching into entrepreneurship, you have to consider that your capital is limited and you have to be cautious with the expenses and costs that you accumulate. So in order to fully understand how we're going to get our business location, I want you to develop a location strategy. And so, yes, if if we're developing a location strategy, that's going to take some planning. And so the location strategy is actually the process a company uses to determine where their offices and employees should be located. Because being in the right location is a key ingredient to a business's success. A location strategy is the plan for obtaining the optimal location for a company by identifying company needs and objectives, maximizing your opportunity while minimizing your cost and your risk. When you are developing your location strategy, the number one key to this is making sure that it conforms with your overall corporate strategy. And some of you might have already be ahead of the game because in the past episodes, I have spoken with you about developing a business plan and this location strategy might already be written into your business plan. But if it's not, let's go ahead and take the time now and pause and go ahead and develop our location strategy. Formulating a location strategy typically involves quite a few factors. First one is obvious, facilities. When you're planning your facilities, you need to figure out what kind of space you'll need. Will it be short-term or long-term? Are you looking at a space that suits your company's needs now? Are you looking at growing 
with the space. And so that's important for you to answer that right now. And you might be at the point where you're just like, I'm not at a point or our funding is not at a point to where you can consider facilities right now. And that's fine. So then you and your location strategy would be working at a home office. But for those that do feel like, okay, we need a facility, because remember, we're talking to a broad audience that could be in marketing and production where they have service, they have services where clients come in or they have actual products that they're selling. And so they're going to need a place to store the products. You just have to consider all of that. When you're looking at facilities, you're not just considering office space to where headquarters will be working, but how your business will be operating. And some businesses already have this location strategy under control because it's in the model of your business. If you're a car wash, um, if you're a hair salon. Next factor will be feasibility. You need to analyze your feasibility in an assessment of the different operating costs and other factors associated with different locations. Sometimes if you're renting a commercial property, you might be able to work in with the landlord that utilities are included. You just need to know upfront what you're dealing with, whether utilities aren't included, whether you're going to have to pay for um, signage, if that's an additional expense. I know the plazas, a lot of the plazas that you see that are uh, commercial plazas that have hair salons, spas, things like that in them, businesses like that in them, they do charge additional for signage. If they, if you want your business to be advertised on their shopping plaza billboard, that's going to be an extra expense, but you need to know that up front. Logistics is another factor. And that is evaluating your transportation options and costs for the perspective of manufacturing and, and warehousing. If, you, if you're having products coming in and you need to store them, where are you going to store them at? Now you're going to have to look for a facility large enough to store your products. If you're one that does services and you're just looking for an office suite and you still need products, where are you going to store it? You just can't think about your workspace once again, back to the facilities, you have to think about the overall operations of the business. Another factor when you're dealing with location strategy is labor. You've got to analyze your labor by determining whether prospective locations can meet your labor needs, given your short-term and long-term goals. Remember, we've worked on our forecasting plan, not just for our budget, our finances, but also uh, for our company all around. Community and site is a next factor and the last factor that I'm going to talk about in regards to our location strategy. And that is, that is evaluation that involves examining whether a company and a prospective community and site will be compatible in the long term. Remember, it's not just about your business, but it's also about those around you. I will use this as an example. If you are in the health and beauty services industry, you're more than likely, or you you have a nail salon. I'll use nail salon as an example. You're not going to want to go and look in an area that already has a nail salon. So that's what we mean by community and site. Will you fit in with, with that actual location? And sometimes it might be standalone. Other times, especially if you're in an office building, the office building that we're in, it's, we've been there for 
nine years now, going nine and a half, going on 10 years. And it's a pretty good community. It's a three-story office building. And we're the only business of our nature. I've We've seen tons of businesses come and go, but overall, it's a great, we've established a great community with the business owners that we have, and it's a variety. We have a dentist office on the first floor. We have an endocrinologist on the first floor. We have a few lawyers scattered throughout the building. Uh, We actually have two dentist offices, one's on the second floor, Uh, but you have to consider all of that about compatibility. And it just works for us. Uh, You you know, the one point in time, parking was an issue. And you have to take that in consideration if you're having uh, customers, uh, a heavy traffic flow of customers. You got to consider, okay, is there enough parking to accommodate, especially if you are in a shared space? And our office building, we had what we thought the problem was is there were more reserved spots than there were visitor parking spots. So what we tend to find is that the customers that were going into the office building for services, they were parking in the reserved parking spots. And for business owners such as myself, who really don't have customers coming in and out of our business, it was problematic, especially when you, you, are certain that you have a parking spot and you go into pull in and trying to head into a meeting and you're, and somebody's in your spot and now you're having to scramble to find a parking spot. And so uh, it wasn't a big issue for us, but I did see where it was a big issue for those people who had customers that were coming in for services, especially uh, services that required specific appointment times. And so, uh, If I was a business owner in those type of industries, I would not have chose the office building that we're in um, at that point in time. But the uh, landlord actually ended up working the parking situation out before the pandemic, and it all worked out. So that's what we mean by community insight. So now that you have went and formulated your location strategy... I now want you to take the time and think about what departments are going to be essential to start up my small business. And if you're already running and functioning, think about what departments am I going to need to focus on developing and growing in order to have a successful business. And so some small business departments can include, but are definitely not limited to, administration and operations, research and development, human resources, marketing and sales, customer service, accounting and finance, and information and technology. So I want to cover briefly a few of them before we get into actually setting them up. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I want to really quickly talk about your strategy or business development, as most people know it. And this is an important area because it is the brain of your business operation. All potential business operators, all potential business owners should create vision and mission statements. Remember, we talked about this in the first broadcast. And this, the the vision and mission, mission statement should be the first thing that you communicate with your team so that everyone understands what needs to be done and how it will get done. You should also analyze the competitive landscape and markets to determine where the opportunity for your business lies and how you will access that opportunity. And that is pretty much the gist of business development. Oftentimes you will have uh, business owners step in to just being the business developer. But I encourage you, if you have an opportunity to partner with someone, mentor, have someone mentor 
um, in regards to business development, because that is so important. And it's important at every stage of your business, because once you once you get there, once you achieve that level of success, how are you going to maintain it? So that's what we mean by strategy and business development. The next I want to cover but not cover is marketing. And the reason I said that with a chuckle is we've covered it in three episodes. We spent three episodes on branding and and marketing. And so I just wanted to, to talk about it really briefly because that is something that you need to focus on. And it also depends on the industry that you're in. Some industries need focus on marketing and some businesses need focus on marketing and sales. And you just have to make sure you understand the industry that you're in and how much time needs to be devoted to that. So uh, the next area is finance, your accounting and finance department. And most business, business plans already have this area concentrated highly on because in order to get investments, in order to get funding or to get loans, you're going to need, that's the first thing people ask with, in addition to showing you your, um, in addition to you showing them your business plan is let me see your budget. And your accounting and your finance department, their number one priority should be realistically to predict your cash flow. And I'll get into the whole cash flow dynamics later on, but Another priority is forming a budget and then a picture of potential revenue. And this can, if if you're not sure where to start, because a lot of people, I, I hear a lot of entrepreneurs say this all the time is, you know, the bank asked me for a budget. I don't even know where to begin. And where I direct people to go is study a similar business or a competitor and adapt their information to your new business. That's a part of the market research and and researching the industry that you're in. Next area department is human resources. And I think a common mistake that business owners often make over and over and over again is stopping at setting up their accounting department. And they think, hey, all I need to do is just hire staff and that's pretty much it. And what you really, really need to do in order for your business to flourish, because let's be real, it's not just gonna be you that's in the business, it's gonna be your employees, it's gonna be your staff. And those employees and staff need to get acclimated to your business as well. And so the best way to do that, to have stellar employees in the culture that you want to create is by having a good human resource department. You need to understand what attracts workers because people want to feel valued. People, if they're going to give you their all, they want it given in return. And so you have to understand What fosters loyalty in employees? I always say, as a business owner, you have to treat employees just as good, if not better, than you treat customers. And you're thinking, customers are the ones that are keeping us in business. Mm, It depends. Because I know for me, a lot of times, I'm a repeat customer to a business because of customer service. And that customer service is given to by who? The employees. I receive great customer service as a consumer from the employees of your establishment. So that's why I say if you treat your employees great, that's going to filter and flow through your organization. And the customers are going to be the ones to reap the benefits, which in turn, ultimately, you're going to be the one to reap that benefit. And so in addition to treating your employees, you also have to understand what motivates their behavior. And we've heard studies 
have done on this. You know, a highly motivated employee is more productive. So that all starts with your human resource department, though. The next one is technology and equipment. And I will probably more than likely touch on technology and equipment more uh, in next week's broadcast because it is not a topic that I want to skim over, but it's one that I do want to pay attention to because I think oftentimes new entrepreneurs skip over the IT department. And what I want you to understand, though, what I'll briefly talk about today is it's not only about equipment that you need to operate your business. It's about concerns as such as communication technology. It's your sometimes transportation re- requirements. You need to understand your needs for technology and equipment and balance them with your budget demands. Don't just skim over it, but actually make a budget line, make make a line item in your budget for technology. And I'm not just talking about, oh, we need computers, but, but real technology. The next one is operations and administration. This is not dealing with the equipment but the processes. And a lot of people think, okay, well, sometimes operations and administration and human resources can be tied together. And in certain industries, you can get away with that. And I will also talk about that later on too. Business operations are those that create and deliver the products and services to your customers. A lot of times, business owners take on performing many roles, such as the operations manager. In most new businesses, the owner is also the person that hires the people. Uh, sometimes they're, they're, they wear many hats. But I want you to always remember that at the end of the day, you're managing a business and you're not working in a job. It's, com- it's a completely different ballgame when you become an entrepreneur. So management of all sp- aspects of the business should carry equal weight with actual performance of services, whether it's the office manager, the human resource manager, the finance manager, the operations manager. You've got to feel more comfortable with doing what you're great at doing. And then also, sometimes you might have to outsource out what you can't do. But before, you have to do the opportunity cost to determine what is good for your company at that time, whether to outsource it, whether to combine job descriptions and roles, and what you as a business owner just have to suck it up and do until you get to the point where you can add that new role into your salaries budget and have somebody else step in and do that. As I've stated before, there's certain areas that you can, and there's certain areas that you can. A lot of times people do it uh, for business development because there's not much business going on. And with the business owner, you're the face of the business. So you're getting out there and you're developing the business. So that's definitely not something in the beginning that you can pass up. So I think right now, this is a good point in time uh, to break. And then when we come back, I'll actually give you checklists and procedures in setting up 
each of these departments. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Everybody has the key to a good story. Business is made up of some of the best. Starting a business from the ground up. Acquisitions, reinventing business and personal lives, stories of fraud, lessons, good stories, and not so good ones. They all come together on Business Disrupted with Ted Gavin. We'll learn what lives behind the scenes of some of the most interesting figures and companies in business. Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. To reach the program today with a comment or question, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email by clicking the email host button on the Voice America show page. Now, back to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Here again is Precious Hanks Carter. Welcome back to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. I'm your host, Precious Hanks Carter, and today we've been discussing business essentials. Before the break, I spoke about developing a location strategy because that's the first part in turning your business tangible. And remember, we talked about whether your location was going to be at your home in your home office or whether you were going to try to find a facility, uh, office rental space. And so we went over your location strategy and then we talked about the actual business essentials. What departments are essential to starting your business? We discussed uh, business development department, marketing and sales department, finance and accounting department, human resources department, technology and equipment, and then operations and administration. So I kind of skimmed through those briefly because now in this second part of the show, I want to talk about setting up each of those departments. Now, as you can tell, Business Essentials is probably going to be a two-part series because I don't think that I'm going to be able to get through even four of these departments. So today we're going to focus primarily on your accounting department and then your human resource department. And and if we run out of time, then next week we'll cover business development and the IT department and marketing and sales department. And so we'll also cover today too, your administration department, because that kind of goes hand in hand uh, and I'll discuss 
how, depending upon the industry that you're in, you can kind of get away with merging departments or having different department functions in the same role. So I first want to talk about the accounting department. So I want to discuss five essential accounting tasks that every business owner is going to have, regardless of whether you're a one-person operation or you have 100 to 200 employees. So the first one I want to talk about, which is one of the most important ones, is billing and invoicing. That is a task that your accounting department is responsible for. And here is why it's important. It is important because the Small Business Administration reports that low sales and cash flow was the number one cause of small business closures. What does this mean? This means that the longer it takes for your customers to be billed, the longer it takes for you to get paid. You need to be paid so you can pay your employees and vendors. If you aren't paid accurately on time, your business is at risk of failure because of low cash flow. And this is where your accounting department comes into play. I will tell you that as a small business, you don't need a CPA to handle your billing and invoice. All you need is someone that is good with numbers and has an eye for detail. That person should be able to handle this task. They also need to be accurate. They need to be um, timely because timeliness is crucial for billing. So you're going to want someone that's punctual and meets deadlines. And I want to talk about when you're setting up your accounting department, and now we're talking about billing and invoicing, now you've got to take the time and you've got to set up your accounting department's policies. You have to set up, okay, how are we going to bill our clients? What's going to be our, our terms and conditions? You need to get on top of that before you send out that first invoice. Are you going to be a net 10? Are you going to be a net 30? How do you decide that? Market research. What is the industry norm? And that is exactly what you have to do. If the industry norm is net 15, don't do net 10. If the industry norm is net 30, don't do net 15. What you need to do is you need to learn what works in the industry and what your competitors are doing. Because I'll say this, if you're, it, it's, it's the opposite when it comes to billing an invoice. If you're only giving your clients 15 days, and it depends on the industry, I'm, I'm not talking about services. I'm, I'm not talking about if you're if, to give your client 30 days to, to pay to get their hair done. I'm, I'm talking about certain industries. Um, if your industry is net 30, that's the industry norm, and you're doing net 15, you have to realize that you're not putting yourself at a competitive advantage because they're going to consider, well, I have more time to pay XYZ company So why should I come to you? So that's why I said do your market research. But whatever you choose, you stick with it because that's going to be important for your billing and your invoicing. And that's what starts with your cash flow. And remember, it's you have to get that invoice out in a timely manner because that's when the terms and conditions start is on the date of the invoice. Also, another thing that I wanted to discuss with billing and invoice voicing is how are you going to do your billing and invoice? Is it going to be something that that is paper and you mail out or is it going to be electronic invoices? I know a lot of times when I am looking for um, products and services, particularly services, 
even if it's something in regards to landscaping. My main question is, is can you send me an electronic invoice? Is that something that I can pay online? I know for me personally, I would prefer to pay for something online. If I have to write a check, I will. But if it's something that you can just send me an email and I can pay online, then I would rather do that. I've coached quite a few entrepreneurs that provide services and I've told them, hey, there's there's so much software out there, uh, billing software out there that can help you create your invoice, create a link for customers to pay online because everybody's not carrying around cash or not a lot of people while they have a checking account have physical checks. So that's just something to consider too. Um, Although I'm talking about what we as consumers like, businesses like that as well. I know our business, we'd prefer to pay online. If it's a check that we have to write in, then that's fine. But if we could pay online, we'd like to take that route. Also, I want to talk about accounts payable. That's the money going out. Why is this important? It's important because you want to have and maintain a good reputation. And that's paying your bills on time, whether it's a few bills or whether it's a lot of bills. You need to have, if you don't have somebody devoted to this, you need to set aside a day to where you're just getting all your bills knocked out. Because what you don't want is you don't want to fall behind in paying your vendors. Your vendors should be a top priority for you to pay. Because remember, our funding is limited. We're just a new startup. We don't need to be wasting funds on accumulating late fees or interest or even worse, losing vendors because they dropped us because we're not paying in a timely manner. So don't put off setting up a process for accounts payable and adhering to the terms and conditions that your vendors have placed on your invoice. Who should be doing accounts payable and payments? Once again, it's about accuracy and timeliness. So you're going to want somebody that's organized and, and, and detailed. And it's okay to have the same person that's doing your invoicing and billing to do your accounts payable and payments. Next one, payroll. And I don't think I need to tell you why payroll is important. Uh, if you don't pay your employees on time and you don't pay them the right amount, you'll start losing staff quickly. Your turnover rate will shoot up uh, and also too worse, you can get in legal trouble. And so what I want to talk with when I have this talk with business owners about payroll is my first step with them and my first stop is will you do payroll in-house or will it be a third-party payroll service? That's the one thing you have to consider. You have to, this is one of those decisions that you have to weigh your pros and cons. The, the pro for a third-party service is you're not doing it yourself. You're having a professional, an expert doing it. Um, one of the cons is, is that it's going to cost you. Uh, and well, having somebody and another employee do it going to cost you too, but that's when you sit back and you realize, okay, you do desk audits of, okay, who's doing this, who has this workload, and sometimes you have to do hybrid positions depending upon the nature of business or even the phase and stage of business that you're in. So payroll, major decision is in-house or third-party service. The one thing that I will say is if you do go third party, what I instruct my business owners is get with a company that is going to help and not just take your money 
but really help you with your payroll functions. I'm talking about somebody that's going to help you with your unemployment tax, your unemployment accounts by helping you set them up with the states that you needed to stay, set them up with your unemployment insurance tax, um, your state payroll taxes. You have to have accounts for that. So there's certain things that you might not know. And that is the benefit of going with a third-party payroll service is they can kind of help you navigate through payroll. Because to be honest, in, in large companies, Payroll is a whole nother department by itself than your accounting department. And uh, being in human resources, I can see why. Next, I want to talk about general bookkeeping. This is day-to-day functions. But before we get into bookkeeping, I want to start out by saying, for all my new entrepreneurs, find a great software, accounting software that is user-friendly and that will grow with your business. And just go out there once again and do the research. It's always great to network and ask other businesses in your industry what's worked for them, what they're using. And they should they should assist and help you or you you should definitely find something online in regards to a good accounting software. Once you get and settle in on accounting software, I always tell everybody the first thing to do is set up your chart of accounts. Don't just go with the the factory standard chart of accounts, but tailor the chart of accounts specifically not only to your industry, but to your business. And then also find a software that you can link your bank accounts to that accounting software because that makes it much easier on your office manager or your uh, finance manager at the end of the month to reconcile your bank statements because that is something that you'll need. You'll need an accounting software that is pretty much a one-stop shop for your accounting department. And you got to make it easy on you as the business owner. You want something that you can just go in there and run a report quickly. Your statement of cash flows, your balance sheet, your trial balance. Because when you go out there to these meetings and you're looking for investors or you're at the bank trying to obtain a loan, they will ask for that information. And I'm telling you this to make it easy for you because you might not need a loan right now But as your business grows, you might need a lot of credit to finance your payroll. If you're thinking about an acquisition or a merger, you just never know. So it's easy just to be able to go into this accounting software system that is user-friendly and just be able to run these reports so that you can take to the bank at last minute if need be. It's also great to have this accounting software because you can, it should make things easier when tax season comes for you just to be able to give your accountant accounting um, access, I believe it's called, or uh, accounting, I think it's tax accounting rights or auditor rights or whatever, and they can go in and they can pull what they need to be able to just do your taxes instead of you having to get them the reports and stuff like that. Just depends. But I always tell people it's great to have software like that. And that's where the bookkeeping comes in because it allows you the opportunity to input on a daily basis all of your transactions. It helps you with the bills that you paid, coding the coding the accounts payable, coding the accounts receivable, which it, and it just really helps with your cash flow. And so it helps you keep clean records of your finances. And it also is easy for you to look at the financial health of your business. Once again, you're going to need somebody doing your bookkeeping that's good with data entry, who is well-rounded, precise with numbers, but most importantly, works well with others because they're going to need 
to work with other people to get information. The person that is keeping your books, of course, is going to need to navigate through the accounting software with ease. They'll be in that on a daily basis. So they need to be proficient in whatever accounting program that your business uses. And what I encourage new entrepreneurs is I always encourage them, go and take a quick accounting seminar. Take it with one of those companies like SkillPath, Management Concepts, uh, the National Training Seminar companies. They have sometimes one-day, two-day courses. Even if that's not a function that you as a business owner is willing to take on, it's great for you to go and pay the $95, $150 to be educated in that course. It's a quick crash, crash course, and it should help you better understand what all goes into that position. Because once you find out what all goes in that position outside of what I'm telling you, you might be able to better see who is suited for that. A lot of times, depending upon the nature of the business, you see a lot of people utilizing their office manager as their bookkeeper as well. And that's why I said earlier in the first segment that you do need to just kind of see who can do what. And oftentimes you'll have to be create a hybrid position. And that is literally what an office manager is. An office manager is, they wear many hats. And so that is a hybrid position, one that they're definitely doing accounting work. And so now I want to talk about briefly setting up your HR department. I probably won't get through it all, but I do want to start out with a healthy foundation. HR is essential, and this is really my neck of the woods right now. I'm the Vice President of Human Resources for Hanks Hanks & Associates, and I can tell you HR is essential. It's essential because it is the first department that your employees come in contact with. HR is responsible for recruiting. They're responsible for hiring. They're responsible for maintaining a good employee relationship, and also they're also responsible for the separation aspect of employment, whether it's reprimanding somebody and letting them go or whether it's conducting an exit interview because somebody is moving on to a better opportunity. So HR is one of those departments that literally is with the employee the whole duration of their employment. Now, in order to get a jump start on your HR department, I want you to think about the policies that your company is going to need to be successful. You're going to need to think about ethical behavior. Your policies are going to have to cover ethical behavior. You're going to have to make sure that your employees know that the employment is at will. They need to know that, that you're an at will business provided that your business is in an at-will state. And then also, you want to make sure that your employees understand and are able to adapt to change. And what I mean by that is policy changes. You need to reserve your company's right to change policies whenever necessary. So what I want you to understand as well is that HR is the the department where the policies and procedures are derived and customized. And what you have to do is you have to get into, okay, HR is not a one-stop shop. It's not a one-size-fit-all. It is tailor-made. It's customized. Your HR department should be customized specifically to your business. What works for A beverage company is not going to work for a staffing firm. What works for a transportation company is not what's going to work for a hotel. So you have to realize that your HR department 
is going to have to be tailored specifically to your company. Your policy and procedures are going to have to be tailored specifically to your corporate culture. Now for your HR department, startup checklist, realize that your HR department is responsible for your employee compensation and benefits. They should work with your accounting department. I work closely with our vice president of corporate revenue. I work closely with our payroll department. And so that's what your HR team needs to start with, with the employee compensation and benefits. They also, you also need to realize that your HR department is there for other departments' concerns and priorities. They're there because they are HR to every employee in your company, even management. They need to know what's going on in each department. They need to know how they can best serve each department individually. They should meet every department head and and just be there to help plan and, and see their different points of view and gain their trust. And then I did talk about your HR plan needs to be specific to your startup. When you're creating your HR plan, you need to make sure that your human resource person and your company goals align. Because HR is there to implement company policies and procedures and help set the standards of the corporate culture as well as the vision and mission statement. Lastly, I want to discuss setting up an organizational chart. That should be your first line of business is setting up an organizational chart so that everybody in the company knows the hierarchy, who to see for what, and how things are going to flow. And I'm going to stop right there because I think that's a great stopping point. We'll come back next week. I hope that this has been enlightening information for you, and I look forward to seeing you next week on Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra Hanks. Thank you for tuning in this week to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Your host, Precious Hanks Carter, will be back next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. That's noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel as we feature another edition of the program. We'll talk business success again soon.